When it's a phone, not a phone. When it's a radio, RadioOnTheGo.com is where you can download the app for iPhone or Android. Then listen anywhere to 104.9 KLMJ, Radio On The Go. New Year's resolutions. We all make statements proclaiming things we'd like to improve in the new year. Hi, this is Tessa Haller with First Bank Hampton. If you made a resolution to raise your credit score, we can help. We offer CreditSense, a free credit monitoring feature with online and mobile banking. You can view your credit score, check your credit report, and read tips on how to improve your credit. There's even an option to monitor any changes made to your credit report. The first resolution is to know where you stand, and with CreditSense, you'll be off to a great start. First Bank Hampton is a member FDIC. Welcome to the First Bank Hampton Newsmaker Program. Newsmaker is an informative local broadcast presented Monday through Friday on 104.9 KLMJ with interviews available in their entirety online at RadioOnTheGo.com. Each day, newsmakers from Hampton, Franklin County, and around the broadcast area visit with Radio On The Go about events, meetings, public policy, and issues affecting our area. And now, here's today's Newsmaker Program presented by First Bank Hampton, home of Nesteg. Today's guest on the Radio On The Go Newsmaker program is State Republican Senator Sandy Salmon of Janesville. She represents Senate District 29, a new district after the redistricting in 2020, and she represents Butler County and most of Floyd County as part of that Senate district. And Sandy, we appreciate the time. Thanks for talking with us. Well, it's good to be with you. Thank you. So obviously a couple of topics we want to talk about, obviously legislative priorities and also want to talk about the school choice bill that passed here this past week. But first, Sandy, obviously it was a new Senate district. Just kind of introduce us to you and kind of tell us what committees that you do run, if you're on some anyway. Okay, well, as you mentioned, I am from Janesville. We live on an acreage out in the country. I've been in the Iowa House for 10 years representing Bremer County and then switched over to run for the Senate. And so now the Senate includes Butler County and Floyd County, which is your viewers' listening area. My committee assignments, I serve as vice chair of the Senate Veteran Affairs Committee, and also I serve on the Education, Health and Human Services, State Government, and uh, Justice Systems Budget Committees. So I have five in all, five committees. All right, so with this legislative session, what are some priorities for you maybe that you'd like to see passed yourself? Obviously, I know the school choice bill was one of your top priorities here, but what are some other things you'd like to do during this session? Well, I would like to see some property tax reform. I think that's something I've heard from constituents about, and I think that's going to be a, a big issue maybe more towards the end of session. We'll get into that. But I also hope we can get some parental empowerment parent empowerment type of bills through where parents drive more of what goes on in schools. I know that's not an issue at all schools, but it's an issue and enough of them. I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see something done with the carbon pipeline issue. We have some bills in the Senate now that would limit the use of eminent domain. So I'd like to see something done with that. I'd like to see something done on the, with election integrity I think we have some holes to fill with our election system. Iowa is a very good election system, but there are some loopholes, and I'd like to see us get those filled. Also, I'm working on some legislation dealing with religious liberty. I'd like to see us get more protections in place for that. I've got some legislation dealing with sexual explicit materials. 
as well, and uh, sex change treatment for minors is an issue as well. There just seems to be a lot of issues. The, the medical freedom is another issue. ESG is another issue. I mean, I know I'm kind of running through it pretty fast, but there are a number of things that uh, I'm working on would like to see us address. That is a lot of priorities. Again, we are talking with state Republican Senator Sandy Salmon of Janesville, Senate District 29. That includes Butler County and most of Floyd County here in the broadcast area. So, Sandy, you kind of talked about parent choice and all that and kind of how it relates to school choice. So obviously, the school choice bill, that was one of Governor Kim Reynolds' big priorities during this session was to get that school choice bill passed. You as Republican, all of your other Republican colleagues that did support that, why was that so big for you guys to pass? Well, we just believe that school achievement and outcomes are much better when families are able to allow their child to go to the school of their choice. Each family and child is individual and unique, so the more options we can offer parents, the better student needs will be met and the better our education for all students will be. And this is especially true for those that can't afford it. This bill will allow parents of all income levels to be able to afford to send their child to school of their choice. You know, and I realize all areas don't have as many choices as some areas do, but the principle is still the same. And I think that education is important and that the state should support um, education of children because it affects the state's future. So one of the big reasons we brought you on here today was we had some concerns with superintendents here in our broadcast area. We had him on yesterday during our newsmaker. We just kind of wanted to bring up the other side of this issue here, Sandy. I do want to bring up a quote that he has regarding this school choice bill. He basically says this will be a big hit on rural schools. What do you say to that for those people that think this will be a big hit on rural schools? Well, rural schools, if they have students that enroll in a ESA, they are going to get the categorical funding for those students that they've never had before. It costs about $17,000 to educate each child in our public school system if you count all the dollars, state aid, property tax, and federal funding. Only about 7500 will go with the student. The other nearly $10,000 per student will stay with the resident school district. So this is money that's going to go to rural schools who won't even have to be educating that student. The other thing to keep in mind is there are few private schools that even exist in rural areas for parents to choose to send their child to. So what we're going to end up with is the vast majority of Iowa students attend public schools now, and a vast majority of them will continue to choose their public school. In states that have a robust ESA program, only about 2 to 5% of the student population takes advantage of the ESA. So if that holds true... For Iowa, which there's no reason it wouldn't, you're just not going to see as big of an effect as what they say. I'm not saying there's not going to be any effect. There may be some, more for some areas than others. But, you know, if if there's not a private school, an accredited private school in your area, you know, unless you want to drive your child a very long way, that child will be attending the local public school, of course, unless they choose to homeschool. So, you know, that would be my thoughts on that some of the big things that's been said. It's a very short response here is they are private schools. I know some people have been saying this. They are private schools. So why did the state decide to get involved? I know this issue has been on Reynolds' agenda here for quite a few years in terms of getting it passed. But why was it decided that the state would get involved with private schools? 
Well, just simply to provide parents more choices for where to send their children. I don't know if that answers what you're getting at, but that just provides another choice in addition to the other choices that parents have as a place to send their kids for education. Again, we're talking with Republican State Senator Sandy Salmon of Janesville. She represents Senate District 29. That includes all of Butler County here in the broadcast area and uh, most of Floyd County as well here in the broadcast area, talking about this legislative session. Obviously, the school choice bill that passed last week by Governor Kim Reynolds, that was one of her big priorities during her condition of the state, kind of talking about that and how it may affect public schools on this uh, legislation that passed last week here, Senator. Here in North Iowa, obviously, there's a lot of rural schools. I mean, there's schools that saw a decline in enrollment. I mean, what do you say to those that say the resources won't be there for them to, say, hire teachers in terms of the funds, I guess I should say? Well, in this bill, there was a provision to give schools the flexibility to use unspent and ongoing funding from their categorical funding streams that they've never had to use before. Because right now, there's about $100 million of unspent funds just because with those particular categories, they have to spend them a certain way. We're lifting the regulations off of those categories and allowing them a lot more flexibility to use that money to spend with teacher salaries. And also as part of that bill was the Teacher Leadership Compensation Program. Uh, we lifted the regulations off of that so they can use that for teacher salaries as well. So there were some deregulatory provisions in this bill that will allow them to use the funds that may be sitting in pots that are unspent for these purposes. And one last question. You mentioned, obviously, the kids that live within a district, you know, if they decide to go, it'd be a long ways for them to drive. Otherwise, they can easily access their public schools. But what's your take on this notion, too, that private schools may decline to accept a student based on a performance or something like that that may also have to offer special education? What's your take on that with private schools compared to public schools? There are many private schools that have more limited funding than public schools, so they don't even have the capacity to provide necessarily an education for a student with special needs. So, you know, a parent likely would not enroll their child in a school that could not meet their needs. Now, with this funding, that might bolster those schools' ability to meet those student needs, but it takes a lot of money, and even some public schools cannot meet all of the special needs of certain children and they have to send them to a special school. So it would be a disservice for a school to try to educate a child that for which it is not adequately equipped. And we got to keep in mind too that private school students also have access to AEA services. So it just depends on the private school. Some offer those kinds of programs, some don't. Public schools will offer some special ed programs, but sometimes they have to send their kids to other schools for those. So not all schools are offer the exact same thing. Again, we are talking with State Republican Senator Sandy Salmon of Janesville. She's in the new Senate District 29 that includes Butler County and most of Floyd County here in the broadcast area. Also served in the Iowa House for several years as well. Talking a lot about what's going on with the legislative session, including the school choice bill that passed this past week. One of Governor Kim Reynolds' high priorities. And uh, Senator, a lot was talked about today. Anything else you'd like to add about this busy legislative session once again? Well, <laughs> You know, I would just invite people to email me with their concerns or thoughts on the different issues that are coming through. And 
uh, go to my website, sandysalmon.org, sign up for my newsletter, and keep up with what's going on, and just stay in contact. Well, Senator, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, and let's do this once again, okay? Okay, that sounds good. Thanks a lot, Mitch. All right, Sandy Salmon here in our First Bank Hampton Newsmaker program. First Bank Hampton's Newsmaker program can be heard every Monday through Friday on 104.9 FM following KLMJ's News at Noon. To hear today's conversation in its entirety, visit RadioOnTheGo.com, click Newsmaker under the News tab. Podcast listeners can follow Newsmaker and listen to other broadcasts on demand by subscribing to the Radio On The Go podcast for free on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks for listening to today's Newsmaker program presented by your friends at First Bank Hampton, home of Nesteg. Hi, this is Eric Reichertz with First Bank Hampton. If you're an agricultural producer, I'd like to extend a personal invite to our annual Ag Outlook meeting on Friday, February 3rd. We have Chad Hart with Iowa State coming to speak about the economic outlook of your crops. Andrew Pritchard, meteorologist with Nutrient Ag Solutions, talking about the upcoming growing season. And Doug Johnson, ag strategist, coming to speak this year on industry disruptors and marketing techniques. The meeting will be held in the basement of First Bank Hampton beginning at 9 and ending with a catered meal from Rustic Brew around noon. If you'd like to join us for the Ag Outlook meeting, please call First Bank Hampton at 641-456-4793 to make your reservation. First Bank Hampton is a member FDIC. A winning combination.